It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 215, entitled AI Taking Over. It was recorded on Monday the 4th of July 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined as always by some special WordPress guests. We have Remka Stavris, Birgit Paulihack, and also Mark Westgard. Well, it's a WordPress podcast, so guess what we're going to talk about? But WordPress. First of all, the fact that the 650 WordCamp US tickets went on sale and disappeared as if they were rock concert tickets, all of them gone in a very short space of time. There has also been a new plugin which will allow you to create block themes from inside the block editor. That should speed things up for a lot of people. We get really into the weeds of the Five for the Future discussion and talking about what ought to count as a contribution and gain new props in the WordPress community and it seems like it's more than just writing code. Gutenberg has got a new page where they show off what you can do with the editor on the website. I've produced a podcast episode with Daisy Olsen and we briefly mentioned that and then we also get stuck into the whole AI debate. Yoast have partnered up with Bertha.ai and we talk about the ways that we've used AI in the past. Classic Press seems to be on the rocks But CMS share for WordPress is going through the roof, 64.2% and going up. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. Hello, hello, hello. Episode number two. Is that right? 215. 215 of the This Week in WordPress show by WP builds. Look at what the caption says. The caption says, go share this stream. So you better go share this stream. The uh, yeah. the best way to do that is to send people to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. But if you if you were there anything more than about na- literally 20 seconds ago, the chat won't work. Now it will because I fixed it whilst the music was playing. I'm not sure if it's actually going to work or not, but let's see. Uh, but hello. Nice to have you with us. I'm in the bottom right-hand corner because my tech is failing. About three minutes ago, my Mac crashed and it will probably will do it again. And I'm blaming Remkus because he is responsible for all the things that go wrong during today's episode. Hello, Remkus, how are you? Hello, sir. How are you? Yeah, yeah, really good. It's, um, it's to be honest with you, um, I, this show, it, it's on at the same time as Wimbledon, and I'm finding it difficult. It's just, uh, it's just a ball going back and forth. It's not just a ball going back and forth. It's a lovely, beautiful yellow ball going back and forth. Right. And there's a chap on the court at the minute called Nick Kyrgios who is just, you know, he's kind of watchable and unwatchable in equal measure because he's quite a character. Anyway, there we go. How are you doing, Remkus? Shall I read out your bio? Um, Remkus is... Uh, a WordPress veteran and performance specialist, scaling your WordPress plus WooCommerce sites and business over at Truer Than North. Is Truer Than North a URL as well as the business name? Uh, yes, it is. And how's all that going? Because obviously, you know, a little while ago, you were um, you were working for a hosting company and you've, yeah. you've stepped away from that. How's, how's life treating you? 
Uh, life's trading good. Life's trading me good. It's uh, there's um, so the site as it is now is still not the version I want it to be or what it should be really. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff happening in the background, uh, but I'm taking my time for it. There's no uh, immediate urgency to have it the way I think it should be. So mm -hmm. my goal is to have it uh, done and ready by the uh, the reboot after the summer, uh, essentially. Nice. Well, it's very nice having you back on the show. I really appreciate it. This is the only bit of pointing that I'm going to get right because it's beer getting. She's directly <laughs> above me on my screen. That bit's easy. The whole left-right thing's difficult. How are you, Birgit? Well, hi, Nathan. Thank you for having me again. And it's good to see uh, Ramkus again and uh, meet Mark. Um, I'm good. I'm well. And uh, I enjoy the summer and the little quieter month. Um, everybody's kind of in vacation, so the slack is yeah. a lot warmer. <laughs> Where you are. I mean, I'm guessing you're in America today because I've, I've yes. seen that that the background before and you were you were there, I think, once. You're having um, You're working on... 4th of July, which is like national holiday. Well, you know, getting on your show is not really work. It's oh, actually a great pleasure yeah, nice. to come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Anyway, let me do the proper introduction. Birgit Pauli Hack is the publisher of the Gutenberg Times. She's the co-host on the Gutenberg Changelog pod podcast with Mary Job. She is also a full-time developer, contributor to the WordPress open source project and a WordPress developer advocate sponsored by automatic and we had the had the pleasure of meeting one another for the first time in in real world uh, in fact oh no i've met remkus before but i hadn't met Birgit before and i hadn't met mark in oh you see look i can't yeah. what there right all of you try and point at mark see how easy it yeah you see <laughs> total disaster yeah you got it you got it easy remkus remkus just point at mark for us quickly <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> that's it'll so oh, crash in a minute. You're working your way up. Uh, this is not going to go well, is it? Uh, this is Mark, Mark Westgard. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, really good. Mark is the founder of WS Form. You should check it out, really. Go and check it out. It's amazing. It's a powerful WordPress form plugin that allows developers to rapidly develop forms in a no-code environment. He's also a proud owner of a WP Builds mug. I had forgotten I about have. that. Where, have you got it? Is it I don't uh, have it's, one. It's not here, Carol. It's probably in the dishwasher. But... <laughs> I hadn't read your bio. That's hysterical. He's a Page Builder Summit sponsor and had the pleasure of watching Nathan enjoy sushi. I'm not reading any more of this. Sushi in Porto. Sure <laughs> I kind of embarrassed myself a bit. Uh, we went to this WP Engine event, and I absolutely love sushi. And when I really, really, really like food, I, I, I really like to concentrate on it. So I sort of shut my eyes and get into it. And it, it was a bit like that scene out of When Harry Met Sally. You know, the one in you the... You enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Did, did you do the restaurant scene? It was a bit like that. <laughs> My lord. And I was at the same thing, right? So why yeah, didn't I hear yeah. That? yeah. You, you were luckily you were elsewhere. Yeah. We've got so many nice people coming into the comments. Hello everybody. Cameron Jones all the way from Australia joins us every week. Thank you once again Cameron for joining us. Um Maya uh from GoDaddy. Hello everybody. She's given us some good vibes. Hello, it Maya. is working. Um, Andrew, I'm guessing you're meaning the chat. Thank you. That's good. It must be working because lots of people 
coming in on YouTube. He's also saying, this is Cameron. He won't be here long. Just watching while I'm at Macus on the way home from a concert. Oh, nice. I hope you enjoyed your concert. And then Steve. Don't remember Steve before. Hello, I'm a regular listener in the car, but the first time here live. Oh, you're going to be sorely, sorely disappointed. <laughs> but stay the course. Stay the course, Steve. I appreciate that. Well, I just, I just love your positivity there. I know, I know, I know. Uh, and ha- happy birthday. Who's got a birthday? Happy birthday. Oh. It says Monday, but the United States has a birthday. That's, I don't know why I read it as happy birthday, but you're right. Happy Monday. They do have a birthday. <laughs> well, and that's then, going to be a really interesting show. Yeah, I'm not going to be With all the brains. <laughs> yeah. Hello, a beautiful morning in Connecticut, USA. That's from Peter Ingersoll. Anyway, let's get on with some WordPress stuff. Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> I don't know how I do it either. Uh, right, we have actually got some legitimate WordPressy stuff to talk about, and I've got it on the screen here. So let me just share it with you. First thing, is uh, if you try to get WordCamp US, I'm probably going to say WordCamp EU repeatedly because I just keep <laughs> making that mistake. If you if you try to get some tickets this week, I hope you managed it, but uh, seemingly they were not only were they in short supply, but they they ran out really really quickly. the The limitation has been set at 650, which I think is an event venue thing. I think they've they've decided to go for a smaller event very deliberately. So they've picked a venue, and six hundred and fifty is the is the upper limit. I went out, no. I don't know, to do no. like some gardening or something. Came back in fully with the intention of getting a ticket. No, all gone. Yeah. So uh, I'd like like all the violins to come out at this point. <laughs> um, so I at the moment, as things stand, I shan't be going, but. Did any of you three manage to get any tickets if that was the kind of thing that you were looking to do? Yeah, I managed no. to snap up a couple of them. A couple? Oh, yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm taking my wife for the first time. Oh, okay. That's all right then. I was gonna say you're not like domain squatting, are you? You just spot yourself. No, 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 no. Ticket squatting. Selling them on ticket quite a bit now. <laughs> you could sell them on eBay. Five, yes. But you managed yeah. to get a couple. Okay. So that I genuinely felt that I'd gone away from the screen for like just a couple of hours. Uh, did you sort of have the same experience? Was it like were they disappearing fast or very quickly? Okay, yeah. and, and um, somebody told me that they were on sale. So if I hadn't had received that Twitter message from somebody, I, I wouldn't have purchased one. Uh, oh, you got lucky! I totally forgot that they were coming on sale. Are you able to get a ticket as a as a media partner, Nathan? Yeah, so there are there are definite opportunities there. I, I believe that when the article was written by Sarah, there were also some micro sponsor packages still available, but they yeah. they're obviously more expensive, and there's a commitment yeah. to um, yeah. what have you. But I think um, there are certain caveats, yeah, around things like if you become a media partner, uh, yeah. then yes, I believe you get tickets. Also, if you're helping out at the event, you know, you're a contributor or a speaker. Obviously, that goes with the ride as well. But um, at the moment, I, I, I am not because I haven't, um, you know, I kind of want to get the ticket before all of that. But I have applied. So we'll see how that see how yeah. that goes, see if they'll have I'll me. have to see that. Yeah. 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 David Bissett, I think, did a, a, a check on how fast they're going. And yeah. he clocked it out at 82 minutes. So okay. An hour and a half. Yeah. So that is basically the amount of time it takes me to mow my lawn, which uh, seems. <laughs> yeah. if, how how many acres is that? Uh, it's it's 
a couple of square meters. I take it very <laughs> leisurely. Those tweezers, they don't do it quickly. You do mm. one blade at a time, but it looks magnificent at the end. Uh, we are so off topic. Anyway, there you go. Remkus, I know, big proponent of WordCamp events. Obviously, you and I had a right old natter the other week and released it as a podcast for the tavern. Yep. Do you go to the US one at all? I, I have in the last couple of ones, but not this one. You Did you even try to go to this one or did no. you just? No. no. Okay. So well, it's, there it's, is it's, a, it's a WordCamp September. Netherlands. <clears throat> yeah, oh, it, it's, exactly. it's a September and we have WordCamp Netherlands. Uh, pretty close to it. So I, I, I think I technically could make it, uh, but I have no interest in uh, making that sort of uh, uh, flying back and forth as a yeah. racing like an idiot. Uh, it's to a make long that way for for us, isn't it? You know. It's uh, like so a, San, San Diego is what eleven hours flight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you get a direct, uh, and I, I was looking at the I, flights, and it was eleven basically from yeah. London. Yeah, and I can't sleep on an airplane, so that's pretty exhausting for me. Okay. So yeah. I went like, uh, I'm just going to let this one pass. I'm waiting for them to return to the East Coast. I suspect that um, WordCamp Netherlands will be bigger than WordCamp US. Uh, Actually, 650 is still quite a big. That's about the size it, of London. It, I think we we have the potential to be up there, yes. Yeah, isn't that interesting for the first time, yeah. maybe. Uh, anyway, th the point being, if you were looking to buy some WordCamp uh, US tickets, they basically they're sold out. But, 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 um, I suspect, as um, Mark alluded to, I think there's probably going to be a few people who have bought ones that maybe they don't need, you know, they've bought two or three and then decide that other family members don't want to go or what have you. But uh, they've all gone. Um, yeah, yeah right. I would, uh, would definitely suggest to watch the tickets page itself um, when they come available. And I'm you can also subscribe to their notification. I think they are planning to send out when uh, more tickets are available again. Um, kind of cool that it's that popular, though. Like it sold out, you know, akin to a concert. You know, somebody yeah. famous. People are actually. And it's just clamoring. the software, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty pretty unique. What uh, is the normal attendance figure for US? Do we the know? normal is about two thousand. Okay. Yeah. So it's quite significantly yeah. smaller. Yeah, I, oh, really, really much smaller. They, yeah. Sarah Gooding, writing the piece that I just had on the screen a minute ago, she said um, it was capped at 650 tickets. Organizers said that this was to allow for adequate social distancing and to give the team better flexibility in case changes are necessary. It's happening at a place called the San Diego Town and Country Resort. And it actually looks really nice, I've got to say. It looks like a really, you know, because it's not like a, an event arena. It's just like a resort. So, you know, could yeah. be an interesting angle. Yeah. You'll be there, Mark. I'm guessing you're going big, it? Yes, I got a ticket. Mm. Oh, and well. uh, for me, it's not an 11-hour flight, so it's uh, merely a six-hour flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking I might might do a combo of swim and walk if, uh, if I, uh, you know, did get a ticket. But I probably need to set off about now, I'd say. Yeah, from what I, I hear from the organizers, well, actually, they, um, there was still a contract for St. Louis, but they didn't want to um, let them out of the contract. So they had to um, cancel that contract. And then they were in, um, in competition with everybody else in the United States yeah. who wants to do um, yeah, a, a big event again in 2022. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, uh, so they didn't get the flexibility in maybe canceling when there is an uprise of something. So mm-hmm. they went with a venue that uh, were a little bit le- uh, had more leeway um, in mm-hmm. their contracts. And um, as I, yeah, so I think that was where the cap comes from. Um, I am. I don't organize. Available. I don't organize any WordPress events. But so I was chatting to somebody that that does. Mm-hmm. And if uh, this is for a London event, and he was saying that the price of um, just hiring a place for an evening mm-hmm. for like a WordPress meetup is now literally mouthwatering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your jaw is on the floor. I think that so they s- just absurdly expensive. I, I mean, literally, you can't make it up. It was it was in the order of forty thousand pounds for an evening. Yeah. Yes, yeah, t- exactly. It's so, just, what? just come, just come to the Netherlands, September fifteenth and sixteenth. You'll have a fun. You'll have a lot of fun. Just skip all that. Come over here. We we're, we're doing it in a zoo, so oh, we, it cannot get any cooler than that. <laughs> yeah. Now, hang on. You can't drop that bombshell and then leave. What? What? Uh, in a zoo? Actually, yeah, in yes. a zoo? In an actual zoo? What? How does that? Well, now you can interview some giraffes about WordPress. Hey. Uh, I don't know what their knowledge about this topic is, but yeah, you could. <laughs> so, well, just is that just to make it a, a, just a unique experience? I mean, I'm guessing so you're we, not literally like you know near the animals. There's probably some sort of conference bit. Or so what? you're you're you actually have to walk through the main entrance. You actually have to walk to the area. Uh, through the zoo, so yes, you are literally, literally inside the zoo, amongst the animals, and then there is a sort of uh, so they have a restaurant and a uh, conference center type thing in the middle of it, um, and it's large enough for us to hold a very decent workout. That's absolutely spectacular. You've really raised the bar there. I'm going to suggest that next time London is organised, that we we do it underwater. Um, yeah. You know. I'm, I'm not happy with the, you know, you up in it to the zoo. I think we'll take it's it the to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> the sub-aqua, sub-aqua WordCamp. Nobody understands the thing, but it'll be fun. Right, anyway, WordCamp, <laughs> WordCamp US tickets, gone. Um, keep your eyes peeled if you fancy getting some of those. Right, this is a nice piece of news, actually. I think this is really cool. Again, on the WP Tavern, Sarah Gooding writing WordPress theme team releases new plugin for creating block themes. I mean, the title says it all, really. There is now uh, a plugin which you can download, and it uses the, the, the block interface, I guess. Well, actually, there's quite a lot of the settings which are not inside of there. But if you're the kind of person that wants to tinker with creating a block-based theme, it's pretty tricky stuff you know there's quite a lot of new tooling and things that you've got to do differently um and so now we have this new tool uh which i've when my computer crashed earlier it's taken the link away there it is it'll probably be that one there uh block it's called create block themes by wordpress.org it's got three three weeks under the belt at the moment 40 installations only at the moment i confess i haven't played with it but i'm gonna guess that Birgit, you have well, I actually have not played with this one, but I played with the three other ones that are already available before this one came out. What's so the difference? Why, why, why this one? Were the other ones just by, done by just development houses? or? Well, um, one was done by 
Carolina Niemark, of who course, yeah. at Full Sight Editing, and she uh, set it up a little bit differently because she's an educator and she wanted you to have the experience to either download an empty theme and a, a regular theme with a few of the features in play. And then she also has an advanced theme builder um, where you can actually, when you download it, you also have uh, block patterns and some block variations and styles. So it's more like an educated uh, system and has a few things. And this one here is more for um, those who want to um, design themes and then give the files to the developer to right. make it all round. Um, and also, um, yeah, it uses the full site editing place, but it also... Um, combines the changes that are in the user database. So when you change a theme, like those styles for certain things, um, they are stored in the database as a user kind of um, a, a system. But when you want to export the theme, you need it all in the theme JSON in the settings file if you want to upload it to someplace else. So that does that as well. And you can actually uh, have an empty theme. Um, the only thing that I find missing, and I'm not only one, I think Sarah said that in her um, article as well, is that you can upload a screenshot. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you can download a full theme and it, it kind of, you, you see it from the other themes in yeah. your, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And um, Jamie Marsland, he did a, a nice uh, little theme development thing as well. Yeah. Uh, was that There's the review? There's one from WB Engine as well. Yeah. Okay. WP Engine. Um, well, the that goes really one. far. Yeah. They're all at it. Everybody's at yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, but this one looked really nice. Uh, yes. Kind of interesting to see. It, I'm just going to read quote. It says today mm -hmm. a group of eight full-time sponsored theme team contributors. So I don't know if that means that they're dedicated full-time to this as a thing going forwards, or that that's just the you know the amount of time that they spend in a typical week full-time. Um, and the idea, it says, is that users can design their own themes using full-site editing features and then export their finished creation as a theme that can be installed on any other WordPress site. As I said, the settings are currently in, a, in the current WordPress UI, but at some point the intention is to put all of these settings into the block editor and have it, have it all done there. Uh, it does say, um, I can't remember who made this quote, but they said it's useful useful for sharing your designs between multiple sites or users but if you're just use if you're just building a site for yourself you probably don't need it but worth exploring yeah that, that? yeah yeah that comes from an article that is on the make blog by ben dwyer who's on the theme team yeah um yeah it's it's Thank a you. nice little tool and it's great that it's um is actually a, an official wordpress plugin so yeah. um there is some um future way that it will will be expanded uh yeah it's nice times. just yeah. making it yeah. much more much more straightforward for everybody isn't mm -hmm. it um mark or is, Rangers, um, anything yeah i think this is going to be great for just accelerating the number of themes that are available block themes that are available um as a, i you know, i come from the classic theme development background uh you know writing themes from scratch i would use a kind of a bootstrap theme and then write code on top of that. But the, the fact that we can now use the block editor as a means by which to design our themes and then export them like this, I think is just going to make things so much easier. Um, you know, we're not going to be starting from scratch and working our way up with code 
it's just, this is just going to make building these block themes a lot quicker. And hopefully this will accelerate the, you know, the, the number of block themes uh, that we see available in the library. So mm. I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's great. Yeah. I am so no, nervous to click this button to share my screen and not share my screen because it literally did make my <laughs> Mac reboot a minute ago. I'm going to click it. Well, we're in luck. Oh, it works. Yeah. Well, don't, don't count your chickens. <laughs> this time, no. <laughs> Anything on that, Rimkus? So I think the... Um... Uh, what Mark said is essentially what uh, what my uh, feeling is that it this is one of a couple of solutions in this direction, like Birgit uh, uh, mentioned. Uh, I've played with uh, the Studio Press version. Um, I'm aware of this one. I hadn't played with it yet, but you know, whatever the type of implementation is, it doesn't really matter. What uh, what Mark just said, though, if if this brings in more people starting to work a new way, um, that's, a, that's a hell of a step forward because we were severely lacking anything like this for the last couple of years since we've had the block editor. And I know full site editing is just, you know, it's still, it's still semi-beta, whatever they're calling it. Um, mm. But it's, it's one of those things people need to have if they, if they are to understand the potential of all the different elements that we have, right? The, the patterns, the blocks, the full site editing experience itself, which is unfortunately still uh, to be hashed out on many, many different components. But if, if most people work, work very visually, if they can't create right. something and, and have something to start with, some sort of boilerplate, some sort of framework, some whatever that something that, that kicks off there from zero to something, um, that's going to help everybody yeah. understanding what the potentials of this are. Because theme.json is a wonderful solution, but if you're having to do that in code and you can't translate that into what that looks like, what that means, what that offers, what that builds, you're just you're just punching code, and punching code is not is not exciting. The whole really uh, speak for yourself. Really good point. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I'll, I'll rephrase: just punching code. <laughs> Just punching code and not understanding its consequence is not exciting because you're in your silo and you do what you think is right, but you have no way of, of getting feedback in you, you while you're doing it, nor is the chance very high that at the end of what you've done, the end user will go like, hey, this is what I wanted. I am. Um, I would imagine that there's a lot of people out there who would be quite interested in creating themes who just were completely put off by the old way of doing things and the new yeah, way sure. of doing things equally so, yeah. and because they're just you know they don't have those those skills they don't wish to learn those skills and it's too much of a staring up a cliff face whereas now hopefully the cliff face has just got a, quite a bit smaller and it's more of a more of a visual thing so maybe it'll just bring in a whole raft of new people. You can just see you can see a kind of an industry opening up here as well for people who they've got the real flair for design, but they don't really want to code and they can put together a cracking theme, or at least they hoped that they could. And now for the first time, maybe this is in reach. And so maybe yeah. a new career is op is opening up for people who previously would have just run a million miles away because it wasn't wasn't up their street. Yeah. And at the very least, we get a hell of a lot more people experimenting with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Right. And in that notion, there's a second piece from the design team that also will uh, probably um, help with that process in uh, getting more people interested in it is the open uh, that they open design uh, the themes that 
you can open uh, open source the design of themes now through Figma and the WordPress space on Figma. Um, there's on uh, make.wordpress.org slash design. The first article, I think, um, uh, covers that. Um, you need to know how to use Figma, but you can um, export those uh, designs as well. Yeah, from So I know that Automatic and some other theme designers have open source the designs there. So even if you're not a designer, yeah, you could still, with those two components, kind of uh, start out with, with a theme uh, creation. I'll just quote at the end because there's another piece to be added into this. Um, Sarah says, and I quote, the create block theme plugin makes designing and authoring a WordPress theme more approachable than ever before. That's kind of what we were saying. It has the potential to rapidly increase the number of block themes available. Um, and then she goes on to say the training team, and I know we had, I don't know if we still do, but Courtney was in the, the comments. The training team is currently working on a course for Learn WordPress, Learn with a capital L, um, that will teach people how to create block themes using this plugin. So hold tight, there will be some uh, tutorials coming around if you're if it's you know still a bit too far. If you like the idea of learning with some materials as opposed to trying it yourself, then hold on tight, and hopefully there'll be some stuff coming through soon. Uh, you've got something there for me, Remkus. Is that the? Is that yeah? The that's the link to the um... source. Open sourcing theme designs. It's, okay, uh, I shall pop that on the screen. Let's add that in. Da, da, da. Make .wordpress.org forwards. I'm not going to read that out. <laughs> it's going to take me too long, but there it is on the screen. Uh, thank you for that. I'll add that into the show notes uh, for tomorrow. Perfect. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Um, stick in. Right, I'm going to press the button again, everybody. Let's see if it crashes Nathan's computer. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> ah, yeah, very good. Right. It was actually rem. It was it was getting Remkus onto the show that crashed my computer. I'm just <laughs> we'll leave Remkus there. We won't fiddle with him uh, in case that goes wrong again. So this may not be the most exciting piece of news. I think it's kind of cool. Gutenberg landing page has launched. Um, best thing to do is just to show you, I suppose. So this is now the what you'll see if you go to WordPress.org forward slash Gutenberg. And here it is. And it's basically a, a WordPress install with, and you can start to fiddle with it. And, you know, if you want to uh, change the text, you can start to do that and you can make things calm and, you know, you can add in, look at the blocks and see what the inspector over here tells you and start to get an idea basically of how these things are put together. So for example, maybe if you've not played with Gutenberg before, this little configuration of icons and text, you might be curious, how, how would you even do that? in the block editor. Well, this is how you would do that in the block editor with uh, cover and some groups and some columns and some stacks and some images and some paragraphs underneath. And it just shows you how you might lay things out. And it's it's not the most um, adventurous page in the world, but at least it gives you some sort of head start. And Nor I is it the most like performant it. one. Say again, is it not? No, it is absolutely not. Let me click refresh, reload. That's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It took a little while there. Your um, give us some stats on that in a minute. You go away and run some lightning <laughs> tests on that, and you can tell us what it's like. But just a really nice idea. I do like the idea that um, you go to a web page, and the tool that you're being sold, if you like, <clears throat> is there, right there for you to use. So, for example, I don't know if you went to Webflow or something. I don't know if you can do that on the Webflow website or if you have to sort of launch some kind of demo. It's just the idea that 
there it is, right front and center. Start to fiddle with it. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. The only problem I had with this is I started editing it and then I wasn't able to read what it said in the first place. So, <laughs> 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 I was just everything yeah, was yeah, it was and fun, some. It was fun. Somewhat annoyingly, um, I, I'm no, finding this rather annoying because what I just want to deface this page, you know, and then yeah. click publish. But <laughs> yeah. sadly, the uh, sadly the, for reasons that I can't possibly understand, the publish button has been disabled. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine what this page would look like within two minutes if it was left with the, the publish there. button was there? That would be so funny. Um, any thoughts yeah. on this? Beergit, Remkus, Mark, carry on. <laughs> Yeah, I find it really interesting, and it, the, new, the new design is really fabulous. Yeah, um, they did a great jo job on it um, because it was kind of for four years it was really stale, and this is really showing off the the newest features on the uh, block editor. But it yeah. also shows that you can actually use the block editor outside of a post or a template editor, and um, there are uh, quite some additional um, implementations for that. For instance, the page, uh, the pattern creator on WordPress.org to, to submit your own patterns also uses the block editor for a different purpose, yeah, for a different custom post type. And um, I, I know that uh, Tumblr and uh, Day One, um, two products from Automatic, are actually implementing block editor. Um, for their um, apps. So there are uh, quite a few ways to do that with, outside the WordPress or outside the um, editing, the, the post edits or site edit um, context. So um, I really like that. And I hope we see more examples of that. I know that some of the plugins um, actually do it as well. Um, so uh, there is quite a, 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 a bigger idea behind it. Um, yes, I am. I'm. I'm showing my showing my screen on a really tiny um, dimensions, and it all it all starts to look really cramped uh, on my screen. But I think if you're on anything half decent monitor size, why this the 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 list view uh, isn't quite so annoying as is on here because it does tend to sort of misshape the website when I invoke it. But um, yeah, it's nice, really nice. Yeah, very cool. Uh, <laughs> nice to on, see that the uh, the block editor has developed this far that they're confident enough to now show it on the front end of the website, and I think that's testament to the work that's gone into it. Um, I, I I love that you can just immediately start, like you say, you're hacking the page and you're using yeah. you're using the block editor, and you know you realize how easy it is to to use now. It's very, um, very minimal right. implementation, isn't it? They've gone for yeah. text and some icons and a few yeah. buttons, which is quite a nice way of doing it. If they'd have gone for really complicated overlapping layouts, it would have been, yeah, yeah, yeah really difficult to I understand. Think, I think that works. That's yeah, it's great. nice. So very I think nice. the vast majority of people now jumping to um, uh, page builders are fu fully not aware that this is actually possible, hmm. uh, that you can actually build it for a very large percentage already inside the, the block editor. And I like, I really like that, that this particular iteration of Gutenberg uh, demonstrates that. Yeah. Um, but like I said, um, I would love to be it more performant. Tell me about this particular page. Did you go off and run any stats on it or did you? Uh... I just ran uh, uh, the performance insights, uh, the network 
tab information and the lighthouse on uh, on it in the inside of Chrome. Uh, and the easiest one to share on uh, on uh, on Lighthouse is the performances of seventy eight, hmm. which is uh, orange with red letters. So I think that uh, <coughs> sort wonder, of gives uh, it away. Yeah, I wonder I, what the wonder what the the, the bottleneck there is because I've been building a whole variety of pages, and you can easily get a hundred. Um, I just you I mean, can. Would, that well, be, would that be expected with the actual layout editor running? Alongside a regular good web page. point, right? That is a good point. Shouldn't, if we could somehow matter, oh, you matter be, because the it's, preview it's the output. is disabled. Yeah, yeah, it's the output that is saved, and you know, you're not you're not doing anything uh, with that. But it's the first uh, well, contentful you, paint and speed index that are uh, essentially the the slowest ones. Well, well you're actually you're actually loading the editor itself, like the admin page, and not the front end of the editor. Yeah, what happens if we do click on this? Does it yeah. take you anywhere? Oh, just back to WordPress. There we yeah, go. so, um, uh, but yeah, um, it could be faster, certainly. So I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning this because one of the complaints about the Gutenberg editor is that performance isn't, hasn't been the heart, at the heart of its development yet. It's starting to in certain areas. It's still not just uh, first thought. Mm -hmm. And I think it needs to be yeah. first thought. There's just so much optimization that you can do that needs to be part of the core of how Gutenberg and all, all of its elements from patterns to, you know, um, how they need to be developed. Uh, and I would, I would like to see the challenge being uh, met in terms of uh, if we're demonstrating what it can do. And for me, that's an obvious thing that you also need to be including. Well, when I look at the other page builders, I <laughs> and if I load them in the admin, yeah, they take ages in yeah. compared to Gutenberg. So um, yeah. that is the comparison that I have. And on the front end, I have not seen any considerable slowdowns from. But that's just me yeah. doing normal normal page stuff. Yeah, I, there's nothing. I've not really seen any considerable optimizations that. either. Yeah. So. Slowdowns? No. If you if you're um, if you're very let's say if you do a relatively light uh, build in the page in, in in Gutenberg and you publish it, it'll be relatively more performant than any page builder. That is correct. Yeah. But that's still not to say that they're still missing out on a lot of stuff that should be automated uh, in in uh, in favor of performance. One of the stats that we're going to th discuss is, uh, is the percentage of, uh, uh, of what WordPress has of market share, what WordPress has as, mar as uh, uh, the percentage of CMSs uh, running, uh, uh, sorry, the percentage of sites running uh, ACMS and what uh, percentage WordPress um, is having in, uh, in that. So if you take that in mind, we have a huge impact on the web. And right. every single kilobyte is pushed over that line. And just because we have broadband now, for the most part, uh, and I do mean for the most part, doesn't mean we get to not care about that. Because mm -hmm. it still has a huge impact once you start translating every single thing a site loads, how much of it loads, how many times it loads, when it loads, and all of that is an impact which you want to minimize, always. Hey, Mark, with... Um... Mm -hmm. With so I'm going to press the button again. 
It's fine. It's living. You did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're fine. The so this is the Gutenberg site, right? And we we're all thinking it's a really nice idea. Would you ever like? Because there's your website. There's WS Form. Mm-hmm. That's the the homepage. Would you ever? Because you've got the video of somebody doing exactly mm-hmm. what the Gutenberg page that we've just been looking at could be. Is that mm-hmm. the kind of thing you would ever throw on a homepage of your site, like a sales page? Like, look, here it is, start playing with it kind of implementing. I mean, I have a demo at the top right where you can spin up um, WS Form actually in a, in a WordPress environment. Um, so that's, that's a better way for us to do it, only because we have a lot of integrations that we demo, um, and the WordPress admin is just you know, pretty heavy in itself. It's not something I would want on the front end, you know, that we're talking about that Gutenberg page that, you know, you are loading an admin around it, which on a normal homepage you wouldn't have. Um, And our our editor, although it loads incredibly quickly, uh, you know, it's milliseconds to download it and run it. It's nothing like these site builders, but uh, it's still introduced some slowdown. So I'm I'm very conscious about... um, my my page speed scores and things like that as well throughout throughout the website. So um, we actually don't even load that video on mobile. It doesn't even download um, just to make sure that people on mobile aren't downloading video. But uh, we just find that's a great way of demonstrating what the product can do because there's so much it can do. <laughs> so. Yeah, the video is kind of kind of nice because it just shows you the best version of it as well, doesn't it? I think, yeah. As opposed yeah. to if you stray yeah. onto the Gutenberg page, you could. You know, yeah. you and I think there's always a danger with having a product demo like that, that somebody may just find something tricky that they don't understand without it being explained to them or without them looking at a tutorial and it could deter from the product. So, yeah, um, you know, that, that may be a downside to that Gutenberg page. I don't know. But uh, I, I enjoyed going to it and just playing with it. And- yeah, having a little bit of a play. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I just always just the idea that. Um, you can just fiddle and see yeah. what see, see the way it was made. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's let's move on a little bit because last week we had a a bit of a story um, about um, Matt, and it was all centering around the five for the future thing. And this is not new, by the way. Just so that you know, this was released on May the twentieth. But I thought now would be a good good time. The, the dust has settled a bit on that story. Um, the, the idea of defining what the Five for the Future pledge would look like. So if you don't know this story, basically Five for the Future is the idea that you would give up uh, 5% of your company's, let's just, just say resources, time, whatever it may be, and you would you would push that towards the WordPress project, the intention being that 95% of your time is, is there to be, you know, to turn a profit and what have you, and 5% would be giving back the idea that if everybody did that, then the project could be pushed forward much more rapidly. The problem is there's no kind of like solid definition of what a contribution that qualifies is. So the word that Josepha uh, here is using, she talks about props. Um, it's not really a word that we use much in the UK, but I think it basically, props basically means like, you know, thumbs up kind of thing, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, well done. You've done well. I give you props. But um, just... This, just the idea of let's figure out what gets the props and what doesn't, what falls within the purview, because it's got to be a lot wider than writing code and committing to WordPress.org. So, yeah, it, th- th- this very much sounds to me like all animals are created equal, but some are more equal than others. <laughs> 
Well, uh, and, in that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I was going to say, because where does props start? Who gives props? Who is the keeper of props? Who is the recorder of props? You know, all of those Well, I, I'm nominating then, you, Remkus, frankly. Hmm? I no, think no, no. you, you should be this. <laughs> I, I, you, you have all the props to give away. <laughs> don't make me swear on this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but that's, that's, that's one point, though. That's and I had a, no. totally, yeah, I'd completely but, sidestepped in my mind. I had, that hadn't even occurred to me, really. I, yeah, you, good point. And that's yeah. one part. The other part oh, is, and... where does it start? Because those people uh, that are... So the way I got into WordPress contributing was translating. The Dutch translation at the time was, a, was an absolute mess. Uh, I figured out how I could take over to streamline it. I did that. And then I started doing that. So a lot of what I was doing was partly uh, at, at that time, we still had to manually create the, uh, the translation files, put them in SVN, and then the next release build would release a version of those included. Now that's all automated, but that time was never registered anywhere. So was I not contributing? And then if you're actually doing the translations, anyone putting in a... a, a maybe an hour a month, putting in some dedicated time contributing in languages. Does that not contribute? Because you don't get props for that. Yeah. This, this and and is that's, the... it's examples. This is an example. There's, there's hundreds of examples of like this, which you can't record, which are undoable. But are they dis, 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 dismissed now? Because... Yeah. It, it, big it. Do you mind if I just add to that quickly? Go ahead. Yeah, Go thank ahead. you. Um, so a couple of thoughts on that. The first one is, yeah, I'd missed that piece. So that was that was good. I thank you for that, Remkus. Uh, yeah, who gets to dish out the, the rewards, if you like? The, the other thing, um, I suppose there's going to be a, a proportion of people who who don't want the props as well. I'm just throwing that yeah, in, you know, who are sure. just doing it and they're doing it and they, they actually just want to stay under the radar and do it for because they've realized that it maybe they're scratching their own itch or maybe they're just doing it because they, they see the need elsewhere. But um, I guess when you get up into the sort of corporate level, you know, the big companies and what have you, there's um, there's probably going to be quite a lot of hours going into it. And I imagine there would be a bit of quid pro quo there. You know, they, they would want to potentially be seen to be doing the right thing. And so figuring out what these things are, whether it's translating, organizing a word camp, whether it's, uh, I don't know, the list could literally be thousands of things long. It figuring is. out what they are and, and do they all have the same value? Is it like some sort of egalitarian system where if you commit to WordPress core, that's exactly the same as doing, an, you know, one hour of that is the same as doing an hour of translation or does they have so to be some that's, that's a that's a can of worms. I don't want ever want to see opened. <laughs> yeah. No, Just... but you can you can argue that if a country doesn't have sorry sorry if a locale yep. doesn't have a translation of WordPress, it will never be successful in that locale. Uh, you know, you uh, three English is most likely your first language that you use on a, on a day to day. Yep. For you, it doesn't matter if if something stays untranslated. For Dutch people, we're relatively okay with English, but there's a large portion that still would like to see it in Dutch. And we're, we're very comfortable with English as a country. Uh, and then the scale goes down very rapidly into uh, languages, locales, countries, regions that just are not comfortable with WordPress. If you don't have translations there, it's never going to work. It's mm -hmm. never going to grow, period, done. 
I'm, I'm, I'm just using translation as the example, which is the yep. easiest to grasp because yep. we have an international uh, audience here. But that whole approach of quantifying what a contribution is, uh, again, I don't want to swear on this show. But... <laughs> so, Go well, on, Bacon. I, I think that the it's not any contribution that is qualified <clears throat> in that um, because the... Josefa wanted to distinguish between the self-sponsored contributors or the contributors that do it on the on the side to those who put the Fight for the Futures on their flag, the co corporations that put that on their flag. And um, that's one thing. The other, th so it's not which contribution is more or less. It's um, more like... Um, those who volunteer and are not sponsored are equally or even more valued in my thing because they they do it on their own time. Yeah, and it's um, and that article was not about that. Yeah, that is kind of something that I wanted to put there because I know that um, a lot of contributors were kind of hurt in kind of seeing what what's meant to be uh, a uh, accountable, meaning a, um, a record keeping about it or not, that that values their contribution or not. Every contribution is valued very highly. And especially those that do it on their own time, on their own weekends, on their own, yeah, at night when the kids are um, asleep. Um, what the fight for the future is, is that corporations like Yoast like GoDaddy, like Bluehost, or now Newfold, um, are kind of also um, putting that on their flag that they are contributing. And um, that contribution right now is only counted as core contribution. So when you see uh, the uh, some um, Jean-Paptiste Audras did a, a review of the 6.0 um, contributions to core, and uh, you see the bubbles. I don't know. You probably have all seen remember. the graphics yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then there is an agency that has 20 people has as much contributions to 6.0 as GoDaddy with 8,000 people. So that's kind of the topic about it. It's not what the uh, what uh, what um, some uh, a, a translator who has been translating for 10 years into Japanese. Uh, is not valued just because they are not talked in this organ uh, in this uh, article. So that's one thing. The other part is that um, WordPress.org only has a few hooks where those uh, contributions can be counted. Yeah. So when you look at your activities um, on your profile, WordPress.org or profiles.wordpress.org, and then your username, there is an activity. Point. And you, there are the forum posts in there, there are your plugins in there and all your themes. And right now they're all, um, if you contribute to photos, that is counted. And then there is also, um, what was the other one? Oh, when you get props. And that's also defining props means there is a channel in, um, so props, um, people get props for um, contributing 
comment to a track ticket. So there, somebody reported a bug and somebody, and there's a discussion about how to uh, figure that out. The commit person that creates the patch gets the pops on, on the release, but there are also um, co-authors for it. And those are the commenters and they're also getting props for the release. Um, so, but they are in a line, in a yeah, in a text line. It, they are not recorded in this activity tab. So it was more a more a technical kind of thing that um, that uh, Josepha was kind of pointing out. What, what are the things that we can record on webs.org that can be? Um, so it was not so much the intrinsic value of a contribution. It was more the okay, there are other. Uh, um, touch points of uh, contributors on WordPress.core that can be counted, and the meta team is trying to figure that out. Yeah, uh, how I think to do the, that. Um, yeah. the I'll just, oh, I'll share my screen again. Oh, it's worked. Uh, so this, 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 I think, was the bit that I sort of took away. It was, it was this sort of trying to figure out what a contribution for Five for the Future is, and um, it, it, it was mentioned about grey areas. The fact that we've got these things which we're not quite sure where to put that box. So, for example, I'll just read, but other contributors are in it. Oh, I'll go back. Some, contribu some contributions are easy to sort through and agree on. We see them happening. Props are given with them already, and we understand how to make that work better. So, for example, contributions of code to core, amongst other things like, like you can see them on the screen. But other, and I'm down here now, but other contributions are in a gray area. For those, it's important to look not only at whether to move WordPress forward, but whether it helps the community of contributors work in a sustainable way and whether the contributions can be done consistently over time. So, for example, would these things be included? Maintaining WordPress.org, WordCamp.org, the Rosetta Network, adding or deleting official documentation, training, communication, speaking at WordPress meetups, WordCamps, maintaining or moderating mm -hmm. official repos, and it goes on and on and on. And so... This, this was the bit that I took away from it, that um, how on earth do you quantify all of that? And how do you figure out, well, when, when is it time for you to get the prop or not? And Courtney's put a comment in here. Let's have a little look. She says, for context, in the tallies of props, I got a value of one for over 60 hours effort specifically to 6.0 release as a person that made a typo correction on a Gutenberg plugin change log. Props, she says, props or value for contributing needs to extend beyond core and presumably some of the things that I've just mentioned totally. written in that article might fit the bill. Yeah. So, totally. I, yeah. so I think I, I do too. So I, I think this whole question, what makes a contribution of a five to the future contribution? Uh, I think the question is, what does the mechanism that we are calling currently five to the future? How should that work? needs to be entirely separated from what is contributing. And right now it's the mix of two, which makes right. it, totally. which, which is why I said what I said. Yeah. Uh, because it's now conflating different approaches and ideas right. and things, which mm -hmm. if you glance through it, you'll go like, hmm. So if I speak, it's now a, if I speak at a, at a meetup, it's now a question if that's a contribution or not. What does no, that mean? No, it's not a question. No, I mean, but, but you can't. There is no record it like of that. it. There's no record. There of it. is. There is. Well, the meetup has a record, but you cannot have 700 volunteers 
keep track of all the speakers from 12 no, meetups not, and put it somewhere in, in data entry. So not manually. Yeah, that's kind of there's some technology involved and there's some sure. some sure. Yeah, volunteers. But that's a different there. discussion. But I totally agree with you. Yeah, the, the um, fight for the future contributions should be separately tallied up. But yeah. the tally also is not so much how much hours it is. Yeah, I mean, um, Courtney also got the the documentation team badge. Yeah, that's there's a whole set of badges that are also there, and it's uh, it's nothing of it will be completely. Yeah, I worked for a nonprofit and was a president of a nonprofit, and volunteer contributions is really, really hard to value. Um, and the person who who went for the first time through the process and got a WordPress account, got a GitHub account, uh, changed the typo on the – that's a whole process that if you don't do it once, the first time, you will never be able to – start out your contribution and is that higher or less of course the hours paid but on the other hand um yeah i as a full-time contributor i get paid so it's not a volunteer contribution it's my yeah, job yeah it's yeah, a total yeah. different angle there yeah that so people and what we what i see on on automatic is that we are doing some things that volunteers will never do yeah, the day-to-day -day administration of a certain things, yeah, or what Courtney does, yeah, the day-to-day -day administration on the training um, team. Um, there are things that no volunteer will ever do or shoot themselves in the head when they have to do it, yeah, um, that also need to be distributed. And I, it's hard to quantify those because they are not counted. Uh, they are not discounted, but they are not in the same value or in the same realm of additional effort by the person who gives them. Um, I've decided now Mark should be in charge. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Remkus. Because he's been sitting there very patiently just taking it all in. Um, I have been taking it all. This in. is I, hard, isn't it? Eh? It is. It's, it's, it's a it's a, a tricky one. It's opened up a can of worms. I think. Um, yeah. I, I remember when Matt. Well, I guess it wasn't the first time that he was talking about five for the future and state of the word. Um, and it made me check myself. You know, it's like, am I contributing to this by you know, I have a, a, a free light plugin of WS four. Is that me contributing? Um, and then I started doing some photography uh, contribution, and then I get a little badge for that. And I thought, oh, well, there's one way I can contribute. I can contribute. Um, I mean, for me personally, contributing uh, comes more from sponsorship. You know, I, I try to sponsor events as much as I can, and honestly, really don't get an ROI from it. It's more about sponsor uh, contributing to the community and giving back that way. Um, but that's really not contributing to core or anything like that. So um, I think so, that, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say that that's the whole, uh, uh, contributing to core is what it's called for most people. It's right. it's contributing to the WordPress project is what yeah. it should be. Yeah, yeah that's WordPress a project. subtle yet dramatic difference, isn't it? If we yeah. just, it, it, and, and just saying, Contributing to WordPress doesn't cut it either, because I think no. the default yeah, assumption software. for that is the is the code, right? Everybody yeah. thinks, oh, that's yeah. the code. The as WordPress opposed to, project. yeah, I like your definition there. Whatever it was, the contributing yeah. to the WordPress project, project. or yeah, well, you know, I would hope as a as a sponsor that I enable 
contribute today. You know, we, we enable the fact that that event can take place. And as a result of that contribution takes place, um, yeah. it's the sponsors that are paying for the, uh, for the venue. And as you said, that's can be incredibly expensive. I'm, I'm a small, small part of that compared to the, the bigger sponsors, but it's all relative. You know, we, we give right. what we can. Um, so, um, but you know, I, 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 for me personally, I don't really need a five for the future badge on my product in order for right. it to sell. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know for other companies that would be a lot more valuable to show that they're they're giving back. Yeah. Um, but I do think the. I mean, I don't know. I, I I think the sponsorship, the amount of money some of these corporations pump into these WordPress, these WordCamp events, is yeah. absolutely what? immense. Hey, here's a here's a random question, and please don't take this as me. Um, the, the way this may sound um would, would like this this show would this be a like would this absolutely mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah okay yeah. i know i'm g- genuinely interested because i i mean i enjoy doing this i so, you know i don't really so, know if it so contributes we're, have, we're having a discussion right we're talking about topics yeah. that are in a, a direct relationship to the workers project yeah okay and uh, maybe there's not a direct line of some words came out of Nathan and oh look at now the project is better. <laughs> no, that's never going to happen. <laughs> Thank you. But what it might spark is someone more intelligent picking that up and going, oh, I can, I can really make this work. Yeah, it, I, it, I didn't it. understand I what love, Nathan said, but I, I understood what, what Mark like said. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. there's a whole raft of people who are more intelligent than Nathan. This, this, this bit will get uh, a clip from the, the, the final version, right? <laughs> yeah, you can edit that bit down. Okay, so Maya's, Maya, 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 sorry. Um, Maya. I always get your name one, one. I don't know why I can't decide on one way to pronounce your name. She has said, um, it's not about the count, it's about the, the effort and positive intentions. Very nice point. And contributions, she goes on to say, should be considered as gift. It's not about the value, but the time spent to do good. Ah, that's interesting. I, I didn't yeah. intend for this topic to dominate, but it yeah. really has, actually. We've spent quite a it long time be, on it. Yeah. That's, it's not going to coalesce in the short term, I would imagine, and the scope is going to be vast. But it would, it would be nice to like to have a box to put, um, like if you're working on core, it goes in that box. And if you're working on making blog posts, it goes in that box. And, you know, just sort of figuring out where you where you fit in the piece. And it could be done, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. What what gets me most of the time in that discussion is that um, the, the, the one that are hurt by that discussion because they don't seem to be valued are the freelancers that are self-employed, that are... Um, that are contributing yeah, outside there or those that are that's the contributing is not their paid job. They yeah. feel they're not doing enough. And let me tell you, you are enough. The fight for the future um, discussion is never about um, the, the volunteers that do go beyond their uh, normal day-to-day operations. It's about the companies that make profit of the open source work that is being done. And the giving back is um, something that would help sustain the project. And, um, and that's where, where this is about. I'm, I'm not talking as an automatic 
person right now. I'm, I have been volunteering or working, contributing to WordPress in seen and unseen places um, for six years uh, before I actually was hired by Automatic to be a full-time sponsor. Uh, but that um, was on top of working with client. That was on top with um, yeah, anything else. But uh, I was never really... Um, yeah, it, it, the fight for the future is the idea that anybody who makes profit off of WordPress could contribute back to one of the teams yeah, mm -hmm. and um, help team organization or team just uh, do the work on the team um, and and it's but it's uh, the the companies that all yeah or be it new phone be it GoDaddy, be it um, wp engine be it automatic be it Joe's, and some of the agencies ten up or who you may made they all contribute back um but that's uh, to sustain their own business. Yeah, that's kind of the mindset around, should be a mindset around it. It's not so much um, what is counted. It's kind of, it's my, my job to, uh, to, to, to keep it sustainable. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure. Um, and yeah, it, it, if, if that's understood, I, I always really, it hurts my heart to see people who have, um, been doing their own business and they, they're contributing to WordPress and they're hurt because other people, um, they, they don't see their, uh, it's a discussion that they are not enough. And yeah. I really want to tell people, yeah. you are enough, you do what you do and uh, it's very valued. Yeah. Courtney um, has just said, as a team rep, I want to elevate the contributions of the whole team more. As a sponsored person, if we have a value established is my contribution measured fairly versus other contributions tricky? I think that's the, that is the the tricky bit. It's trying to figure out where the where the scales tip. You know, is is a contribution in some form worth I don't know two x of a different kind of contribution? And and as soon as you open up that can of worms, then. Yeah. that's that's impossible to yeah. circle to square yeah. i think but thank you i didn't intend for this this yeah. bit to Sorry, go on for I'm, so long no 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 it's it's really interesting we did it we did it previously but we never went into it on that level but i, I just mm. think that was a really nice nice topic to cover uh very quickly um i did a an interview um with daisy olsen um in much the same way that i did with remkus if you haven't heard that episode 30 of the tavern podcast is with remkus all about WordCamp Europe. And then we had one with Matt last week, a couple of weeks ago. And then we've got this one this week with Daisy Olson, and it fits beautifully into today's discussion because we were talking about block themes. She basically tries to make the case for why now is a good time to start playing. She doesn't make the case for now is the time to only use block themes. It's like dip your toes in the water, see what's what, see how it's built and maybe you can start to use them in the near future if it's mission critical. Perhaps not quite yet, but have a play. So that was a nice podcast episode. Mm -hmm. This one came across my radar this week. This is, oh, sorry about that. This is to say that um, Yoast and Bertha, we had Andrew Palmer on not that long ago, and he he's behind Bertha, um, which is an AI um it's a it's a plugin which insert it think grammarly i think is the best way that there's like a a little icon which goes everywhere you can type text in wordpress and you can sort of pick 
what style you want for the writing to be, whether you want it to be long, short, kind of advertise I think they've even got like pirate and all that sort of silliness in there as well. But the point being that you can help yourself write. And they've collaborated um, in a sort of media deal, I believe, with uh, Bertha. And to be honest with you, when the whole AI writing thing started... I was thinking that the SEO companies wouldn't probably want to go near it because my assumption at the time was that it's not going to create things which are authentic, which people are going to want to read and so on. I've kind of reevaluated that now. The more the more I see people using it, the more it feels to me like people are using it as a building block, like a starting point. Um, and instead of saying, okay, Bertha, write me 10,000 words and I'll publish it, it's more Bertha give me some ideas of the style that I might like to adopt. So anyway, um, this, is, these... this is something that I recognised very very early on with Bertha that would be a good implementation for it. Um, you know, people hate writing content for SEO behind the scenes, meta descriptions, titles, and things like that. And this gives you a great starting point for that. And I, I think there was kind of initially a lot of um, pushed back with AI in writing and people thinking, oh, this is going to take over my job and I'm not going to have to write blogs anymore. But really, it's used more of a tool just to give you a foundation to work with and then you build build on that. It's, it's an enrichment, not a replacement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, and I think that's my mistake. Right at the beginning, I, I thought that these things were being touted as a replacement. Mm -hmm. And now I now I see it for what it is. It's so like... There's, there's versions of AI uh, that play with text that have the potential to replace. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, SEO in, in, in some cases allows you to have uh, variances of text and still rank with that. And if it's if, if the, the difference between the two is large enough and, and, un, and the, the separate texts are unique enough, there's AI and Bertha is part of that that can actually help you write that sort of content. There was a really nice, um, it, it's unavailable now, but we had the Page Builder Summit a couple of weeks ago and um, Tom Carr from AB Split Test, he, he came up with a really nice use case for it. And that was, if you just, you know, AB Split Testing mm. is, is kind of, it's not the most glamorous thing to spend your time doing, you know, coming up with variants of basically the same sentence. And so he so just gave it to Bertha. Um, yeah. and, and he just pressed the button and, and he just looked at it and thought, do I like that? No, click again. Do I like that? Yeah, I like that. I would never have written that. And then you just, it's there, it's done. And so you can create three or four different split tests, A, B, C, D, and you didn't really have to apply much thought. The AI was was totally capable of doing that job. But you, yeah, so you're right, Remkus, that's interesting. Anyway, Yoast, Bertha AI, quite a nice nice collaboration. Perfect fit, really, I guess. You, you know, SEO, Yoast, Bertha, AI. We'll see where this goes. Have any of you played with Dali? Okay. When you, we finish this call, all of you go and Google Dali, D-A-L-L -L space E, and it's an AI for creating images. And you basically... So on the website, there's no implementation of it. You have to actually, I guess, compile it and put it somewhere. But the, the principle is that you literally say, make me an image of a frog dressed oh. as Santa holding a spoon. This is scarily and, good. And it does it. Yeah. And it totally 
does it. And then you say, give me th four, four variations of the same thing. Give me a and handsome version of Nathan. <laughs> no, it's not that good. <laughs> it has limits. It has limits. <laughs> it's not that good. Um, but the, the principle there, it, you know, it, it's amazing. And again, that kind of stuff really concerned me. And then I just thought, actually, it's quite empowering on some level as well. Obviously, if you get into the deep fakes and somebody says, make me a video of Barack Obama saying these chilling words, that's not good. But if you, en if you enable a child to be able to create a picture of Santa, I don't know, wearing a Spider-Man costume because they want to stick it on their Christmas cards or something, that's just fun. The, the, dif the difficulty, I guess, is judging where the boundaries between scary and cool are and i'm not sure in my own head i figured that out so on the ai side of things there's many uh solutions already there that are way beyond uh, uh what i would say the the natural boundary should be there's ais that you can uh you can talk actually if we if we were to upload the audio of this podcast it would pick out our four different uh voices yeah, and it would generate a voice. That yeah, if I give it a text-based input, it would just yeah. make that voice I my know. voice. I've I've done it. I've I've got an app called Descript, which I use, and it does exactly yeah. that. And I will when this when this podcast episode is finished, I will send it to Descript, and it will say, "Here's a here's a bit of um, here's something. Who's this?" And I'll say, "Well, that's Mark." And then it will label everything as Mark that's Mark and Big It will get labeled. And I'm not going to label you, Remkus, because, you know, I'm just... I'm just the rest. That's yeah, right. That's I'm fine. just going to leave it blank. Just that's blank. fine. That's fine. Um, Language and, uh, here. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then it'll, you know, but you get the point. And you're right. You can start typing. So you could say in my voice, hello there. There's there's definite limits on what they allow you to do. Yeah, yeah. And there's restrictions, but... But, but, the, but they're just the contractual restrictions. The technical yeah, yeah, yeah. capability yeah. is there. Um, interestingly, I don't know if Andrew... Andrew um, is behind is Bertha. He said it's coming coming to Bertha soon. Andrew, do you mean the, the image thing, the Dali thing? Because if if that's really interesting to me. If or the voice. Or the voice. Or the voice. I don't know when he added that in, whether we'd gotten to that. Yeah. Andrew, clear that up for us. Which What, what are you meaning by that? Um, okay. And while Andrew is here, <laughs> I have a feature request. Oh, go. Do. Yeah, go on. Go for it. One is that I give it a link and it summarizes that. Um, but uh, that page for me yeah. in one paragraph or two paragraph, depending mm -hmm. on what, yes, that would be really good. Interesting. That would be useful so, for so, a meta description. Right. Yeah. So, so that's so, one so, thing. The other thing would be, but it's um, right now the plugin is only for my site, but I want to mm. have a summary from somebody else's. Oh, I see. Feed in an, any random yeah. URL and get a summary back. Got so, it. Yeah. So that's essentially Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes is that an app or is that just a no, term? No, Cliff, Cliff Notes is a term of. Uh, uh, yeah. So when I when I lived in the United States and uh, there were mandatory books that I had to read, and if I didn't have time, I would buy the Cliff Notes version, which essentially is the digested version of what that book is about. It gives you all the details. It doesn't give yeah. you, I would say, probably 85, 90% of the, the gist of it. Yeah. And the rest is just, you know, uh, I, uh, too long, didn't read. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
but essentially uh, what Birgit is asking is I want a cliff note any 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 site any right URL. right yep. right um, have you heard of an uh, uh, it's an oh Andrew's going to add it Andrew's going to add it yeah he says, no, he says in, image manipulation yeah great no, no. suggestion Bertha nice yeah uh, okay yeah. Look, I'm not like, there, we, something actually happened on the show of enormous consequence that's see brilliant. this see? is contribution there you go can that's I have a prop now yeah, one prop. <laughs> whatever that looks like can I have it in physical form I want a little cube um, what was I going to say there I was going to say something and now it's gone <laughs> out of my head Andrew you've made me forget what it was that I was going to say anyway there you go dead cool uh, no it's gone it has truly gone right back to things we've got very little time we've got about 12 minutes and a few extra bits to get through no crashes so far we're doing good um okay let's just do this one quickly because there's not a lot of news about it it's just a thing classic press was a fork of wordpress which occurred when 5.0 came out there was a lot of people who were very upset about gutenberg being put into core so they decided they wanted to um keep WordPress with the tiny MCE classic editor. So they created classic press and it's been going ever since then. However, it looks like it's in real trouble um, because there's been a little bit of, let me use the word infighting. That's probably over dramatizing it, but there's been, there's been people um, having to step down because they now feel that the, the project isn't going where it's wanting to go. Um, and it's financially doesn't look particularly viable so anyway that's that um if you're into classic press it looks like they need your help and support if you want to do that this is okay oh i know what i was going to say remkus i know oh. what i was going to say Jeez. have you heard of the audio app called blinkist yes i have so that's your cliff notes in a i mean you don't even need to read you can just get a book it's non-fiction books so they might take i don't know some difficult to understand philosophy book and they'll try to boil it and i think their target time is about three minutes or something like that but yeah anyway there was that all righty ready i'm just going to move on from that one if that's all right so this is the piece that we were talking about earlier remkus dropped into this piece a little bit and it's just to say that uh, wordpress is now at 64.2 percent of cms market share we often hear the 42 or whatever it is percent of the web but um, perhaps a more interesting statistic is what people are so it, it uh, given a hundred percent of the, the websites that are using cms's what are they using and it looks like a full 64.2 percent are using wordpress it's the green one there that you can see on the screen just for interest sake Shopify comes in second at 6.3, which is, I don't know if that's growth or stagnation or decline, but that's still quite a lot considering it's, you know, e-commerce only. Mm. Um, Wix 3.4, Squarespace at 3. I seem to remember that Wix and Squarespace were the other way around at some point. Joomla at 2.5, Drupal at 1.8. My beloved Drupal, that I was so pleased to use mm. for so many years, which was like at the sort of 7 or 8% mark. For ages now at 1.8 and then we go down google systems what would that be google, google sites, google sites. Yeah, they have, yeah they, hmm. they had their own cms okay and this one surprised me because i keep hearing about webflow and how disruptive webflow is and how amazing it is so when I saw this, I was expecting Webflow's numbers to be significantly higher than just under 1%. It's 0.9%. Maybe that's terrific growth. I don't know. But um, Webflow at 09 So still still a reason to be uh, quite 
quietly confident. Have you got anything what, with that, or should we just move on? What's incredible with this is the marketing budgets behind Wix and Shopify are just oh. immense. Through the roof. Yeah, it, it, if you if you look at their annual reports and you see what they're investing in marketing and, and overall as a company, um, and they're just, I mean, honestly, not scratching the surface with WordPress still, which I think mm-hmm. is real testament to, to where we are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you for that, Mark. Uh, I'm going to move on because we really are running out of time. Um, Last week, we talked about the fact that um, there was a a lawsuit in in Germany. A German court decided that um, a website which had used a Google font, which came out of Google CDN, which therefore consumed the IP address of of anybody visiting that website, uh, that was unlawful and it broke the GDPR. Um, and so now we're getting into a discussion of, okay, well, this needs to be dealt with. What are we going to do? And it turns out that a, a very easy solution would simply be if you really want to use Google Fonts, and why not? They're free and there's lots of them. Um, you can you can basically store them locally and queue them in that way instead of from the CDN, Google CDN. And so we need some sort of guidance on how theme authors need to be implementing this going forward. In pretty much every theme that I'm using, uh, and there's only a handful, like two or three, they obviously saw this problem coming a long time ago because there's just the tick box, Mm. you know, somewhere in the settings which says use local Google fonts and you tick the box. And I don't know what they're doing in the background, but presumably downloading it because it's free to download the font. You just go to the, the website and download it. So anyway... There's that. And then Mark helpfully found this, uh, which is GDPR-friendly fonts. And it, again, it looks like Andrew Palmer's face is on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, you're getting a right old airing today. Uh, yeah. da, da, da. And Mark, do you, do you know how this works? Or It's uh, just a piece of software you can install. Um, and what it'll do is let you choose which fonts you're using on your website. You can choose which um uh, what weight of fonts you want to download, and it kind of does the job for you. There, there is a little bit of manual processing with it, but I just thought it was a helpful tool to help people get those fonts downloaded and installed on their themes. Nice. Okay. It's, uh, it's something we should have been doing all along anyway, because it's a huge performance improvement if you store yeah. it locally and use that. So yeah. the OMFG uh, plugin out there does essentially a version of what uh, Andrew's not trying to take away your uh, your thunder, uh, Andrew, but just want to point out there are more solutions who have been doing yeah. this from performance point of view. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, um, I love it. Yes. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, just be mindful. And the the article, I'll put it in the show notes, which will come out. Sorry, OMGF, is it? It's OMGF. Thank you. Um, yeah. This is on make.wordpress.org, and I'll link it in the show notes tomorrow. Okay, good. Yeah. Right. Um, Birgit. Yes. <laughs> tell us. Um, okay, so quick, quick caveat. Um, Justin Tadlock. He's you've got him, got him over on the Gutenberg Times now. Very nice. Yeah. Well, no, he, not not as a full time job or something like that. But we, he had a, a a wonderful plugin uh, just um, put into the repo or. It was uh, is now available in the repo. There's one uh, problem that they had with uh, FSE, and that was a major pain point that he also saw in the support forums. 
And that was that the legacy widget that you could use in the blog post and uh, page editor was not available in the site editor where you actually wanted to add widgets to templates or template parts. So what he did was uh, write a plugin for that. So now you can use your... um, uh, the, the widget that are from third-party plugins or from uh, different custom post types um, that you wanted to put also in the photo and the sidebar and the header, uh, that you now can do that because even um, and the plugin developers that haven't switched over to um, making uh, part of the widgets also into blocks, that still you can use those plugins. And that, I think, is a great effort to to bridge the gap or the migration path for people who want to go from classic to a full set editing or to a hybrid system where they can edit parts of the site but not other parts so um i i ask him if he wants to um put a, a a little blog post together so we have it on the gutenberg times and can refer to it um, it's a godsend yeah, it's such a. In many ways, when I was reading this, I was thinking, "Oh, yeah, that's that's a we're, that's we're totally be, needed, right? That's like a hundred." We're going to be needed. in hybrid mode for so long. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And 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 yeah. widgets and navigation because there's there's also a block. Sorry, there's also a plugin that does a, uh, this just for the um, uh, the menu block. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. You can keep the old menus, and you want to because the current system is just not workable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this essentially uh, supersedes this because this allows everything. Mm-hmm. Um, He's very uh, humble, Mr. Tadlock, because he does say, um, you know, he sort of copied and pasted some code. He says, when I say I built a solution, what I really mean is that I copied the code <laughs> from some existing documentation <laughs> yeah. in the developer handbook. Very nice. Well yeah, played. Yeah, that's, that's Justin now. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Um, <laughs> So this is cool. In in many yeah. ways, you're hybrid mode. I like the idea of that. I like the idea of a three-way toggle, like classic, hybrid, and full full site editing. Oh, that seems like that could be a, a much well, needed thing. Um, yeah, actually, um, Anne McCarthy was talking about the different migration paths. And um, with, with the theme developers around WordPress, there was also a fourth one. It's called the universal theme that does it both. It does full-on... Uh, full set editing when you want to do it and it does uh, a whole classic thing when you want to do it in classic and it actually toggles on and off also the customizer so it's the four it's kind of classic it's hybrid that you um, just have certain features from uh, FSE like the theme JSON or um, template parts or something like that and then the um, universal theme that can both and then the full set editing theme so those are the four four themes we're talking about uh, right now. And I like that um, Matthias actually said on the Gutenberg Changelog podcast, when I asked him, um, is that the new way? And said, well, actually what's going to happen is that some of the features at FSE are going to just be opened up for the classic themes. Um, And then uh, theme developers can augment their classic themes to incorporate some of the features 
of full set editing into an existing theme. And mm-hmm. I think that's um, a, a better way to do it than say, oh, this is the new way and the old way doesn't go any, uh, is going to be discontinued, which is not the case yeah. uh, because there is a backwards compatibility promise there from WordPress. And um, there's also uh, a lot of people will still use it and uh, it's, it's working fine for a lot of sites. Yeah. So um, uh, I think FSE is for those who want to design their own websites or are not code-based developers and, and all that. So not quite a few things. Andrew's making the point that Mania Kamal is indeed doing yeah. some amazing stuff around Gutenberg. Yeah, it really, really is. It's astonishing what he, seemingly him, uh, can do. Right, we've got very, 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 very little time, so I'm just going to raise this one. If you've got $50,000 burning a hole in your pocket and you would like to buy a WordPress media empire, uh, you can acquire... WP Lift. WP Lift, yeah, yeah. for fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Uh, they have there. There it is. On there you go. It, it I, sold uh, for two hundred k a couple of years back. Oh, so it's gone down a lot, has oh, it? Substantially. Oh. I think there's a buy it now button for two hundred k. If you scroll down. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. okay. Oh yeah, look, yeah, buy it now. Okay. I am. Um, I I approached Flipper about WP builds, and uh, they came. They said about eighty pence. <laughs> seems seems high. I thought that was pretty bullish, actually. I thought that yeah. was pretty. You know, <laughs> I was I was happy for twenty. Uh, Did you have a buy it now button for two dollars? Uh, well, I mean, two, it seems a little steep to be honest. Mark two dollars. <laughs> Sell it to you for a pound. We'll talk after the call. Um, fifty thousand pounds. Yeah, fifty thousand wow. dollars. Anyway, yeah. it's just an interesting thing that that is being sold. Yeah, give you a quid, says Mark. Okay. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take your quid. I'll bite your hand off. Uh, right. And then last but by no means least, and I promise I didn't put this in the rundown. This was Mark. Uh, yeah. But it's a good cause, right? We've got a swag shop over at... Well, do you want to introduce it quickly, Mark? Yeah. I mean, if you've got you know some money to give to charity, give it directly to Big Orange Heart, obviously. A great organization. But if you want a WP Bills mug or cap or T-shirt... Which I did, so I I did this. Um, Can I just say, mug? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I did yeah I I do I do have a mug and I drink coffee from it frequently. Oh, so, yeah, we but, we donate we don't we give all the money. It's it's printful, you know. It's that online service. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh, what do they call it? The drop shipping type thing. Top. So w- whatever you make, we we just forward the the, the moolah yeah. on. So yeah, you can buy mugs, t-shirts, caps. And uh, and we'll give the, the money to the big orange heart. So, yeah. Right, we've overrun. I'm really sorry about Thank that. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, Thanks no, so. that's fine. It just sits there and occasionally somebody, some mug comes, I mean, somebody comes along and <laughs> buys a mug. <laughs> like, I'm going to use that so often. I love that. <laughs> go on, your mug. Um, that's it. That's all we've got time for. We've overrun. I've got to go and collect children from school ever so soon. So we can't go on for too much longer. Just thank you to... Right, okay. Uh, everybody, we have to do the hand thing. We know about this, right? A thank you. That's brilliant. Give us a smile. That's great. But also, right, just... I've never done this. Let's try this. All of us, right? When I say somebody's name, everybody's got to point to that person except the person immediately without any thought, all right? So... 
Ah, you cheat, Remkus. Look, he's having a, he's having a practice. <laughs> right, okay. Point at Remkus. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> okay. Point at Birgit. Yay. And point at Mark. I feel pretty proud of us. (laughs) There's a nice way to end. We'll be back next week. Episode number 216, something like that. But thank you very much for watching. Thank you for commenting. Thank you so much. And have a good week. Take it easy. Thanks for having us again. Thank you. You're so welcome.